Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Mylena. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Writer's Room. Room. Uh, so this is our first podcast. Uh, we are just going to introduce ourselves and then we'll tell you a bit about our podcast and then we'll get right into it. So Mylena, would you like to start off? Yes, my name is Mylena Furman and I have a double major of communication and with multimedia journalism and English writing. So cool. I'm Emma. I am a freshman. I am majoring in communications with a concentration in multimedia journalism. So our podcast is going to be focused on writing and we're going to be talking a lot about literature and just things relating to writing, writing adjacent stuff. We're going to see how it goes. We might have guests. We're hoping to have guests. Um, so we're all very excited about it. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about diversity in literature with a, a little bit of a focus on black people of color since it is still Black History Month. As of the time of recording this, we're not 100% sure when this is going out, but we figured this would be a really fun way to start it off. So let's get into it. Have you specifically read anything lately that is written by a person of color or features one? Yes, actually. What have you read? Okay. I am currently- Oh, she brought books. I brought books. I brought books. (laughs) Um, so I'm currently in a English class uh, with Professor Brevard, and it's about writing uh, race and pop culture. Ooh. So we're studying like race just in general, and we're also studying how race is influenced by pop culture, how race influences pop culture. It's all very fun. Um, so the book that we're reading in this class mm-hmm. is So You Want to Talk About Race by... I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Uh, Ijeoma Aluo. I know I got the last name right, but I wasn't sure about the first. Uh, (laughs) But it's really, really good uh, at starting, like, a lot of different conversations about race, about specific things concerning race. I actually, I've read a couple of books on this sort of topic before, but honestly, this is the best one I've read. It's really... What's the word? It's 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 really <laughs> it's topical and it's easy to read as like as as a white person reading this. It's it's it makes a lot of sense to me. It is something that I've wanted to educate myself more about. And it's something that I think people of all audiences would be able to take something away from and I think that's really important when you are talking about something that is so impactful to so many people you know so what has been like your favorite topic or just chapter or thing that she's covered so far well I really enjoy her style of writing uh she mixes in like it's sort of like literary journalism where she is using fiction type writing of her own experiences kind of like kind of like a biography sort of style uh, to reach into these topics uh, even like her first chapter is in like her preface and everything I've always said preface really yes 
It's a preface. Oh. I'm, like, Oops. pretty sure. <laughs> but she's, like, really good at addressing these topics. I think my favorite chapter has probably either been the one on microaggressions or the one about checking mm. your privilege. I like I like talking about microaggressions. Oh, well. I do because, like, so many people just kind of, like... For instance, I'll be talking, especially my like the, my family in the older generation, you know, and and we're Hispanic, right? Mm-hmm. So my mom, especially, I love the woman, but my mom especially is always like, you know, oh, you guys just make everything a big deal, like blah 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 blah. Even though she's a lot darker than me, like I'm white passing, but she is like olive toned, right? Like she is obviously brown. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's really interesting to talk about microaggressions because. Like, that's not necessarily something that, like, I was taught about in my family. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a white person, I obviously didn't learn about a lot of the things that are in this book until, like, later on in life. Or, like, you know, you witness these, like, small forms of racism and bigotry. I've never been a victim of, like, racial microaggressions. Mm -hmm. But as, like, someone who's part of the LGBT community... Um, as a woman, I've obviously faced, you know, some microaggressions concerning, like, my gender, my sexuality, which I'm not trying to compare to race, but it is, like, it's something I've a, experienced. Yeah, it's still a minority group, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, think I had a question, but that's fine. I don't remember it. Um, so, what... I see you have another book there. Is that something we're going to talk about later? Yes. Okay, great. So then I, ha- I do have a question for you. Ready? Yeah. Because you also write creative- creatively, right? Yeah, of course. Great. So what, what do you write? You write short stories, poetry, what? Um, I've dabbled in both. I, I went to Harrison School for the Arts just down the road uh, for my high school years. Um, I was in the creative Ex- writing explain department. Explain what Harrison School of Art is for, for listeners who might not know. Okay, so Harrison School for the Arts is, it's a high school. You have to audition to get in. There's a bunch of different departments. Creative writing is relatively newer. Um, I think I was like 10 or so when they brought in the department, so it's about eight, nine years old now. Uh, But they've been around a while. They've got like dance, various different musical departments. It's all very fancy and stuff, you know, um, the creative writing department, uh, I love it, but it's not as, um, is it diverse? Oh yeah. I just, I, I, people don't, don't show as much interest in writing Mm -hmm. as they do in like the performance arts, like the, um, like the musical that they would put on every year. Obviously not this year because of certain pandemic issues, but because of the Rona, just say it's because of the Rona. It's because of the Corona. <laughs> so this year, I, my sister goes there. She's in the theater tech department, which is basically the kids who like build sets and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, but they haven't had as much to do this year because obviously no plays are being put on. So, kind of sucks. You know. So I think I think it's interesting that you said that the creative writing, or at least the, was it the school that's diverse, or the creative writing department that's diverse, or both? I think both. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely think that the school could be more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I only ask because you know Florida Southern is 
right up the road from that school and and we have a heavily uh we have a heavy lack of people of color on campus yeah i mean the harrison shares a campus with uh lakeland high school which is pretty diverse uh harrison itself has like students of color but honestly I, i i think it could be more diverse when it comes to that i mean there were um there are some like minority groups, obviously. I mean, there's plenty of LGBT kids in the school. I mean, it's an arts school, so <laughs> I can say that I I'm part of the that. LGBT. That's hilarious. I can say that I'm gay. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, and you know, there were like some kids of color in my class, but I, I do think it could have been more. And I do think that they are like as the years are going on mm-hmm. more minorities are being represented but that's good yeah you you were talking about the book about um so what what did talk about race i said that title right so you want to talk about race so you want to talk about race my apologies um how has that influenced i know it's quite it's a recent read and you haven't finished it but how has that influenced your writing like have you written anything that's been influenced by that since you started reading it Mm. I haven't been writing as much fiction lately, and the the issue with writing about this sort of topic, I mean, I have been writing, like, things for class about, Mm -hmm. like, discussing these sort of topics, but I, obviously, I'm a white person. Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, personally affected by racism. It's something that people around me are affected by, Mm -hmm. and I just... I haven't written anything about that, and that's because, I mean, in the book she addresses how, like, people can talk about race, and a lot of the time, if you're not a person of color, you're going to talk about race wrong. And you know, I was going to ask about that, like, how does she say, is that for creative writing, or is it just in general? In general, like, you can okay. talk about, you can talk about race, and you can do it wrong and you'll you'll learn from that experience and she says that it's like okay to be wrong you just have to learn from that Mm -hmm. and I I actually was looking at this in terms of creative writing as well uh I watch a lot of like video essay stuff on YouTube and this YouTuber um read with Cindy she did a video about two different books she she did two different videos on two different books and one of these books had was written by a white author Mm -hmm. and almost all of the characters were primarily white there was like one black character who was just a background character barely mentioned and she talked about how and in cindy's words she said she would want to read more diverse books from white authors but she doesn't want white authors to force it because you can tell when they're disingenuous Mm -hmm. and Cindy's Asian, so mm-hmm. she has more weight when it comes to this conversation than me. But she also talked about another book where it was another white author who'd written it, and it had a very diverse cast. The main character was biracial. Interesting. Uh, but there were parts in this book where that were like offensive to some minority groups, and it's like, is it better? Her her. The conversation she wanted to talk about was, is it better for a white author to write diversely and 
do it wrong or would you rather a white author not do it at it's all? It's the argument of like, do we want representation for, like do minorities groups want these representations? Or if we get it, like would we rather it be messed up or would we rather just get it in general? Like I've heard that argument from a lot of, of, um, of groups, especially activist groups, you know, and especially in the LGBT community, you know, there's a lot of talk of, hey, we want to be shown in media. We want to be shown in books and in movies and, and all these things, but we're tired of, like, the gay best friend trope. Um, so I know, like, I know for me, I just, I always, I've always had, not always, that's a lie. <laughs> Since, like, midway through my high school, I've kind of realized about the lack of, you know, color in, in books. And I 100% just kind of like, I'm like, okay, well, this character is, is black. Like, this character is, is I was going to say you, gay, you like take, not a race, it's fine. You take your own ideas and insert it yeah. into the character. I, I totally see that. It's like how a lot of um, people will interpret Hermione Granger from Harry Potter as a black character. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. Which, like, I love seeing fan art of. I think it's great. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. But I think when it comes to the argument that was talked about in these videos, um... I think that white authors should strive to write diversely if that's something that they want to do, but I think they should hire sensitivity readers, they should do research when they're writing this sort of thing, but also I just think it's really important to uplift people and writers yes. and creatives from actual minority groups, people of color, people of the LGBT community, trans people, I, I think it's Wait, they're part of the LGBT. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think it's really important to uplift these creatives who mm -hmm. are writing this content and who are part of these communities and not just focusing on the white authors. Of course, it's great for white authors to write minority groups, and we hope that they you know, do it well. But You know what I think it goes into? And I think it goes into, like, you can have these characters that are, are colored, that are, are, are gay, queer, whatnot, but don't I, I've heard I've heard this thing of like you can have these characters but don't write their trauma essentially right. like don't write you know about racism like black characters have it facing racism if if you haven't faced it yeah just because then that's where it gets really easy to mess up and not like not if in your story like that doesn't need to be a focus yeah I agree like minorities are more than their trauma. Yeah. And it does bother me to see someone who is, like, not part of a minority group uh, to write about the trauma of that group. Like, that's not their place. And yes. I, I know people may argue that, you know, it's creative, you know, you can do what you want. And, yeah, totally. But, if, but they, if they do write you. that, they need to understand that there is always the possibility of backlash oh, yeah. when you're writing something that you're not a part of like people are going to interpret it however they want people are going to interpret it differently people of those groups there you may have backlash and that's just something that you need to be prepared for a hundred percent so i want to go into some other things that more uh, uh uh creative things that we have written oh okay is there anything recently or or within the past month or even year that you've written that you've remember you've read by a black author um and if you can't think of anything off the top of your head that's fine because half the time I can't either it's honestly kind of sad 
I, I read a lot of books, but it, it occurred to me that like a lot of like really popular books that I have read are mm-hmm. by white authors. So I'm trying to actually branch out more. There's a lot of like newer books that are coming out uh, by authors of color and I do wanna support them. I, I haven't read as much in the last year as I have in previous years and I think that is partially due to the pandemic depression. <laughs> That, that we all have, uh, but um, I, I think semi recently, mm-hmm. um, like the one that always pops into my head with this conversation is The Color Purple by Alice Walker. I've not even heard about that. Really? I've not even heard about it. Oh goodness, it's it's a classic. Um, written in the 80s uh it won the pulitzer prize for fiction uh alice walker the author she was actually the first black woman to win the pulitzer prize for fiction oh uh because of this book uh this book actually has been on banned book lists (laughs) um i love the banned book list oh same i've got a lot of favorites off there oh 100 (laughs) percent uh this book uh was on a banned book list primarily because of the really violent themes and also like some depictions of like homosexuality um but yeah the color purple the book well there's the book and then it was also adapted into a movie and a musical and i have actually seen both the movie and i actually got to see a production of the musical at the stress center in tampa which was pretty cool nice i'm actually trying to search up on my phone some 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 books by black authors. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm getting a lot of, like, memoirs or, like, <clears throat> nonfiction books talking about race. Oh, I know something I've read uh, recently. Ooh, hit me. Okay, um, so Audre Lorde, um, or Audre Lorde was a, she's a lesbian, she's a black woman, she was a big civil rights and LGBT rights activist, like, way back when, um, she passed away more recently uh, from cancer, but mm-hmm. um, she was a poet as well as um, a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess poetry is also writing, but yeah, you you understand. Um, <laughs> have you read The Hate You Give? I have seen the movie. I have not read the book, okay. unfortunately. I have read the book and seen the movie, and oh. I can tell you the ending. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the ending is very different. Really? Yes. Um, not, like, extremely different. Like, it's still a similar scene, but um, how do I say this without spoiling any for anyone who hasn't read it or seen it? Um, it's different. <laughs> I don't remember that one person who, who grabbed that one item at the end grabbing that item in the book. Interesting. I don't remember that happening at all. And so, and I know it, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't because when I watched it with my mom, I was like, that didn't happen in the book. They like to change things they up, you do. know? And that that is something that I think we should talk about in the future, like book-to-screenwriting type of stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I took a screenwriting class in high school. It was pretty fun, Ooh. so I think it'd be fun to look at scripts. So recently, uh, and because I am an English major, I take a lot of literature classes, I read, it's called The Passing of Grandison by Charles Chestnut, and it's it's a little bit older. Um, it's not recent at all, but I'm going to give you the j- vague summary, right? So it's essentially the son of a, slain, of a slave owner, his name Dick, 
aim, he aims to like free this one slave, at least just one slave from his father's, you know, slavery plantation. Yes, thank you. Um, solely to impress a girl. Literally, <laughs> that's an interesting way to plot that. Um, no, he literally does it just like the girl is like, "You're lazy. I don't want to marry you," and he's like. Well, you like you were applauding this one dude that went to jail for for freeing a slave. Should so I do the same thing? And she's like, "If you do it, maybe we can talk." That's an interesting motivation <laughs> for a story. Is the author is the author black? The author is black. Really? Yes. Um, and it goes further, right? So, and it, he, you know, he convinces his dad to let him take this super super quote unquote loyal slave, right? to to with him in a on a trip to New York and the whole time this 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 person's name is Grandison right and the whole time you know he goes to New York and Canada even Canada and in Canada you know you're free like there's no um what's it called the uh slave act where you have to like it is a different country so that makes sense yeah so there's (laughs) there's none of that and so and his whole his whole hope is that like Grandison will realize that he is free in these states in these areas and just run away. Grandison never does, okay. And the whole time Grandison is like sticking close to Dick and is is like cursing out the abol- abolitionists and and all this stuff. And Dick gets so frustrated he even writes to the abolitionists. Saying like he he goes through and he finds all the all the addresses of the abolitionists and is like hey, there's this pretending not to be himself. He's like there's this person and he brought a slave. Are we gonna let this stand? That's yeah. crazy. And so, and so he hopes and at the very and and so halfway through you know, he gets mad, and he he vows pretty much that if Grandison doesn't run away, that when they get back he's gonna beat the crap out of him that's oh my goodness <laughs> and mind you like he's never he didn't say a word to grandison being like you have like you should leave like he didn't say any of that and so i just thought it was and but there's a plot twist at the end and i am gonna ruin this one because it's kind of essential to the story the plot twist at the end is that he he ends up like apparently getting kidnapped by a bunch of abol- abolitionists yes i know funky that's his story at least when he and so the dick comes back without him and then two, he marries the girl. Two, three, maybe a, m- a month later, Grandison is found, like, with a broken leg coming back by the father. And the father's like, oh, he's such a loyal slave, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm so proud of him, blah, blah. And then the last two pages, they're like, wait. And a couple a couple of time has passed, and they're like, wait, where's Grandison? And Grandison had ran away with his wife. With his fan, with his aunt, his sister, his entire family, they had all run away to Canada. So he came back for his family. Then he came back for his family. Good for him. Good I mean, for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. I mean, <laughs> good on him for coming back for his family. But it was written by you know like a black author, and so we were talking about this in class of how interesting it is that you know the whole time he's depicted. Or it's kind of exaggerated how loyal, quote unquote, oh, which is why I, I said see. that earlier. I see. He's loyal to his family, not mm-hmm. not his slave owner. I mean, obviously, that's that would be 
messed up. Oh, yeah. So the whole time, you know, and even and, and Dick even kind of goes into like, oh, he's so he's so he's like he's such a stupid slave that he he's not even going to take this chance to run away. Um, so I thought it was really interesting and it was really interesting talking about that. But um, uh, and I know you haven't read it, but what do you think about the names? In the book? Mm -hmm. Like, of the characters? Just the two main characters. Well, there's three. There's Dick, the slave owner's son. There is Grandison, the the slave. And then there's Charity, the girl that Dick is trying to impress. Oh, I see here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you see where I'm going with this. Yes. Uh, Well, when was this written? Let me get back to you on that. (laughs) You said it was, like not too recent it was not too recent. i'm assuming like early 1900s that's my guess it was written and i should should have had this up it was written in the early 1850s never mind i was off um wow uh okay well the name dick i don't know if it was synonymous with the current slang, slang yeah but um i wonder if it was that's something i'll have to research later it definitely would make sense mm-hmm. if that were the case because I mean you know slave owner <laughs> what do you think about the name Grandison I here let me show you how it's written so you can read it out it's right there Grandison what does that look like to you it looks like grandson a hundred percent that's what I thought it said every time I read it like when I first read it I thought it said grandson yeah I don't know that's curious I don't, because, hmm, I mean, obviously I haven't read the book, so I can't, like, look too far into, mm-hmm. like, certain aspects of it if, you know, I, I don't know the whole gist of it and everything, but I, I do think that's definitely interesting, and I also think the name of the girl, Charity, is interesting, too. Oh, she did not want to marry this man. I don't blame her. And I was so upset when she did. He's, like, oh. He doesn't seem like a great, a great guy, but also women didn't have rights. That's, so That's valid, but... I mean, I don't know. I think that's pretty interesting, though. I'll have yeah. to look into that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, I see... Hmm, let's see. I know, I have a lot of I notes. know you do, and I love it. So, I wanted to be prepared. 100%. So, let's talk about how, um, you know, like... Let's talk about, like, like music, mm-hmm. okay? Because I 100% consider music a, a creative writing. Oh, you know, you yeah. You have to write the lyrics, and that's not easy. No, um, not at all. I, I have some friends who are musicians, and I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah, like, you're writing, you're writing, like, music, music along with these, like, what is essentially, like, poems. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... That's so cool. It's insane. I love it. Could not be me. I mean, I've written a lot of poetry, but if... I know how to play the piano, like, a little bit, Mm -hmm. but if I ever tried to set my poetry to music, it would not work. (laughs) So, who is... Do you have a favorite, like, black musician? Um, I don't know if I have, like, a favorite, but I definitely do... Because, like, I I listen to so much music, it's hard for me to pick any favorites. I do Mm -hmm. definitely like some specific artists um i know i listed a few i actually like went on youtube and started like discovering like more last night which was really fun fun. yeah i'm sure um i really like 
Willow, Willow Smith. Um, she, her music isn't, is so fun. Isn't that the daughter of... Will Smith? Yeah. Will Smith? Yeah. I love her. It, her music's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Is really good. I know she's, like, known for, like, whip your hair back and forth, but, like, she's is done she more. she wrote that? Yeah. I didn't even know she I mean, wrote that. I mean, it's her song. I'm assuming she wrote it. Uh, I love that. Oh, my gosh. But also, that, she was, like, 14 when mm-hmm. that came out, mm-hmm. so... Um, but her music now is, like, it's so fun. I mean, some of it is, like, lyrically, it's, like, her song Romance is, like, oh, gosh. Well, now I have to listen to It's her. got, like, some heavy themes. But, like, some of her songs are just fun. Like, her song um, Marceline or Wait a Minute. Both of those are just super fun songs. I Okay, what you say? Romance, Willow Smith? Yeah. Will- just honestly, like, listen to any of her stuff. That's okay, good. That's going on my playlist. I'm at the playlist. And then, you know, you've got um, some other, like, recent artists. You know, you've got Solange. Um, her album, A Seat at the Table, is wonderful. It's just, it's so great. And the music videos are gorgeous. Yeah. I love them. You know, I never watch music videos anymore. I don't usually, but I, I kind of just, like, fell <laughs> down a YouTube hole just watching a bunch of music videos and honestly some of them are like super impressive i do really appreciate like the lyricism that a lot of like rappers have too oh my gosh yes because insane like like you actually go into it and you and you just under like you read it and you can see just how much they have to write like the rhyme and rhythm of those things Ugh. and it's like i, I love, love i love rap music but I cannot talk that fast. <laughs> I cannot. You know, rap. I'm not even. I'm not even a big fan of rap music. Personally. Really? There's like one rap song, and it's and it's it's older rap, so it's nothing like the rap today um, that I like. And then that's there's a couple handful. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't 100 percent like just push away the genre. There's definitely some really good ones, but oh yeah, I prefer R and B over rap. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. No, I understand that. I I listen to basically every genre i don't listen to too much country unless you count old taylor swift but um i listen to like pop country which you know uh, i'm yeah. told isn't really country but hey it's you fine. know it's everyone fine. likes a little carrie underwood oh 100 so um you have a couple songs here oh yeah just some that like some favorites and stuff mm-hmm. um i like listed some bands um and music artists uh so give me one to start with Okay, and I'll and I'll give you one in return in, in a second. Um, Not off your list because I don't know your. To list. start with, <laughs> do you mean like a song or like an artist? Uh, one of these artists or song just to chat about. Um, I wanna I wanna talk about the lyrics of it. So okay. whichever you choose, I'm gonna pull up the lyrics. Okay, let me think for a moment. Cause I know I'm just putting you on the spot, but you gotta live with it. So okay, well I don't know if you wanna talk about any of the ones that have more of like a difficult narrative to them because if you want to like really I just I just want to go into the lyrics okay so um, hit me and I'm gonna choose like a random verse and go into essentially a close reading of it and for the audience that doesn't know what a close reading is it's essentially just literally looking at every tiny word or phrase and being like it can mean this oh yes a hundred percent that's exactly what a close reading is it's really annoying but we do it constantly okay so hmm I mean, not all of these have, like, you know, super deep meanings or anything. So mm-hmm. I know some people are going to recognize this name and be all like, 
isn't this that girl who writes a lot of dirty songs? And yes. Let's go. Let's go. But not all of them are super dirty. Okay. So, Cupcake. Um, she. Had, oh, she wrote. I know yeah. Yeah. We can't say that on air. No, it's fine. <laughs> but she's she's actually got some songs that are like really personal to her. And not all of them have like topics that I don't know if we could talk about because some of them are really heavy. and raunchy. Some of them just have topics that are, like, really heavy and, like, upsetting to talk oh, about. Oh, interesting. I mean... So give me one of her songs, then. Um, well, I don't know if we can talk Go about for it. that one. Okay. What is... Hold up, let me look at it. <laughs> Which song is it? Um, the second one on the list. I mean, the first one... Is it at the table? No. no, 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 it's oh, after her name. birthmark. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of about, like, losing a child, and it's, it's really sad. I don't know. I mean, like, it, I mean, like, the song itself goes pretty hard, but if you look at the lyrics, it's sad. That is really sad. Okay, so let's go into, like... You know what? We could look at... Well, no, that one's got heavy topics, too. You know, it is, it is, it, it is often, like, difficult to talk about some songs like yeah, this definitely. just like just like poetry like it's it's hard yeah it's i mean hard. the poet i mentioned earlier audrey lord you know she's got some really heavy poems i mean i discovered her work actually it the second book i have here is actually where i found her it's um oh. it's a book i got for 50 cents um wow i know gosh that's <laughs> a yeah that's a steal yeah, it's um, it's a collection of like poems written by women throughout the centuries. Um, Let me see. Yeah, it's um, poetry's poems between women, four centuries of love, romantic friendship, and desire. By, or I'm assuming by, that's the editor slash like yeah. compiler Emma Donahue. Don- I think Donahue. is her name. Um, so I found Audrey Lord's poem, one of her poems, in here. It it was a love poem. It's the uh, purple tab, and I don't know if you could read it because cause like it's a little it's a little little iffy but I I basically yeah <laughs> um basically I was I was doing a project my sophomore year of high school about um like more modern poets and so I was like this lady seems pretty cool I'll do it on her is this gay yeah she's oh. a lesbian Oh, you did mention that. It yeah. shows how well I pay attention. Okay. <laughs> I am going to read this first passage of it. Okay. Because I really, really like it. So, um, Aud- Audre Lorde, love poem. Speak earth and bless me with what is richest. Make sky flow honey out of my hips. Rigid as mountains spread over a valley carved out by the mouth of rain. I really like how she uses... Um, a lot of nature illusions. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, and I al- and I always love poetry about nature, even though this isn't specifically about nature. It's definitely nature. not about nature. Girl. I know, <laughs> I know, but like the 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 uh, metaphors, I suppose, mm-hmm. is a better term for that. Um, I like that. Yeah, Here, it's. I like that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great poems in that book, but I actually um, ended up analyzing one of her like longer mm-hmm. more difficult to read poems for my sophomore class and like 
little mad I only got a B plus on it, but like it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's not like I'm still carrying that um, that uh, grief over that grade years later <laughs> or anything. Who was the teacher? I shall not say because <laughs> she still teaches there. <laughs> And I thought she was really cool, but she didn't like me very much, so it's fine. That's hilarious. I had her class at 7 in the morning, and I fell asleep once while we were talking about Shakespeare, and she just... Okay, Shakespeare is... We were reading Othello, which is like... I've actually never read it. My friend did. It's interesting, to I'm say I'm sure it is. Um, I'm sure it is. But basically, the poem that I analyzed for my class was actually about the death of Emmett Till in like the 50s okay. yeah it was the poem was called after images it was like three pages long once i put it on a word doc and it was a lot to analyze but it, it, it is obviously a very difficult topic to talk about and write about yeah. um but audrey lord sort of like talked about like being seeing herself almost as like a mother figure to all of the black children who have been hurt by like white brutality police brutality it's really interesting and i mean obviously that's a difficult topic but i thought it was really good and from there i kept looking at her writing and recently read one of her anthologies called the black unicorn Mm -hmm. which had a lot of great poetry in it just like a lot of her work is like very personal which poetry as a genre tends to be very personal in writing um, so I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I ha- I, I, I looked her up real quick, mm-hmm. and I have a poem by her that oh, no. I'd love if we can go into. Um, Which one? A Woman Speaks. Ooh, okay. I, I've kind of glanced over it so far, <clears throat> and it it's, seems pretty, what's the word, kosher? 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 Is that the word? I think. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so. Moon marked and touched by sun. My magic is unwritten. But when the sea turns back, it will leave my shape behind. I seek no favor, untouched by blood, unrelenting as the curse of love, permanent as my errors or my pride. I do not mix love with pity, nor hate with scorn. And if you would know me, look into the entrails of Uranus, where the restless oceans pound. I do not dwell within my birth, nor my divinities, who am ageless and half-grown and still seeking my sisters, which is in Dahomey. Wear me inside their coiled clothes as our mothers did, mourning. I have been a woman for a long time, but wear my smile. I am treacherous with old magic and the noon's new fury. With all your white futures promised, I am woman and not white. I've read that poem before. I have not. This is a new author for me, and I'm really excited because I, I love it. She's got it. a lot of work. Yes! Um, okay. It's all very interesting. So I want to go into this, and I don't know if you want to pull it up. I found it on Poetry Foundations. Yes, mm. that is... Okay. Uh, it was A Woman Speaks. A Woman Speaks by Audrey Lord. And, I'm, like, I'm always, like, concerned that I pronounce her name wrong because some people call it, like, say Audrey, and I'm like, Audrey? well... And I'm And I'm like... It, there's no Y at the end. But I think it is Audrey. I've just been pronouncing it Audrey because, like, that's how I originally read it. So That's fine. Apologies <clears throat> to her and her We memory. will 100% get names wrong, and it's fine. I'm, it's, as long as we try, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, fine. mad respect to her. She's one of my favorite poets. Yeah, she's, <laughs> oh my God. I've never read her poetry before this, literally just now. This is my first full poem of her. And I love it. And I love the the... I love how she's comparing herself kind of 
to witches and witchcraft. The mentions of the moon that goes into witchery, the obviously magic. <clears throat> I think it has. I love it. Yeah, no, she's got really beautiful imagery in her poems. Mm-hmm. She uses a lot of, like, nature and stuff. She, like, talks a lot about, like, her ancestry. And it's really interesting. She has a um, a collection called... Uh, I might get the title a little wrong, but it's, like, Zami, a new spelling of my name. And I think it has something to do with, like, her African heritage. I haven't read it yet, so I could totally be wrong. But she talks a lot about, like, you know, her history. And I I think it's really interesting. I I really love the way she writes. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. And, you know, I'm, I'm all for... I love allusions to nature or even metaphors with nature. Oh, God. But I really like this because, like, the whole time you would think that, like, she's comparing herself to a witch because she's a, a woman. But I think it goes a little deeper into that. I think it's it also goes into the fact that she's not white. Mm-hmm. I mean... And that's why she's comparing herself to a witch because, you know, blackness is often seen as as a negative, as darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes into more the the dark side of of m- you know magic is is what she's using as that. It it's it speaks a lot to like the uh, what is called like black girl magic. Yes. Um, and I mean, there's a lot. I've read some analysis on this mm-hmm. poem before, and um, I like just pulled one up because uh, it's it's been a minute, but. She's, like, talking about how, like, moon-marked and touched by sun, my magic is unwritten. Um, is it, it discusses how black women are perceived as both, like, unearthly goddess-like beings and how they're described in, like, other forms of art. And their history is, like, forgotten mm-hmm. still. Um, would you say forgotten or would you say erased? I would argue it's erased. I mean... Rather than forgotten. I suppose, yeah, like, depending on, like, which form of black history we're talking about, there is a lot that is either, like, just, like, not talked about Mm -hmm. and is, in that way, forgotten. But I would still argue that that's a race, because if you go into the, uh, the idea of, like, history is written by the victors, or... You yeah, know, they purposefully leave that out in an effort to subdue and erase it. Yeah, no, you have a point there. I mean, I don't know enough about certain black history. Oh, to I, have I, I don't. I barely know history in general. Same. I, you know. Or geography. Geography suck at it. Can't I never took it. a geography class. Neither did and I. That's why I don't know where anywhere is. I know where my my uh, my. Countries of heritage? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I know where those are, but, you know, that's not hard because they're both in South America, so. I don't. Like, if you had told me to find Germany on a map, like, I know, you know, like, (laughs) I know where it's located generally. That's hilarious. But if I had to point out, like, the specific, like, area, Mm -hmm. like, the lines and stuff, Mm -hmm. I think I'd have trouble with it. I also don't know where, um, like, oh, am I, 
where did Dutch people live? I don't know. <laughs> but, um... Uh, anyway. It's the Netherlands, I think. No. Maybe? Don't. I'm not answering that. Because I'm, I, I do, I'm going to pretend like I know and I'm not answering it because you're you're looking like a fool. I Thank but, you. Um, <laughs> I also would not like to look like a fool, so I'm just going to ignore that. And, um, thank and you. And redirect back to this, this amazing poem so we can both stop looking like fools. <laughs> so... Which one of these, because there's, there's three stanzas, mm-hmm. which one would you say is your favorite? The first, the second, or the third? I mean, you know, in the first one, she, like, it's probably definitely the first one, just because, like, it's an introduction. The first line... Oh, the first line is gorgeous, which is why I picked this poem, Loki. Yeah, moon, mark, moon marked and touched by sun. Like, oh, that's gorgeous. That is so pretty. That's fantastic. Like... And that's so interesting because, like, when you think of the moon, you think of nighttime and night is dark. Mm-hmm. But, like, you also can't ignore the fact that, like, you get you get darker in the sun, mm-hmm. which is that's what I thought of when yeah. when I was when I read both of those. I don't know how that occurred, like what you thought of. Honestly, I just really love, like, imagery involving the sky as well. Oh, so, yeah, so I just I thought. It's just really beautiful. It is. And I, I, I really enjoy it. <laughs> I definitely, I think the last one was my favorite. Just because, like, and I don't get me wrong, the first part is gorgeous and I love it. But I think the last part is just, like, to me it's very much the, the, um, the power of just these statements. Mm-hmm. Of, like, announcing yourself. Of, of, you know, she goes, I am a woman. And not white. Yeah, I mean, like she, she is. takes pride in that, and and that's something that I absolutely love, you know. Yeah, I um. mean, if you like Google her, one of the images that comes up a lot is a picture of her in front of a chalkboard, and on the chalkboard, she's written, "Women are powerful and dangerous." Women, yep, I'm seeing that now. And I just I think that tells you like a lot about her how she views like she really is like pretty empowering with a lot of her work even when like her work is she's she looks sad. like a very confident woman she's like i've listened to literally some old interviews like, with her yeah she's fantastic an amazing speaker it is insane how she talks just yeah. i could never sound so like confident knowledgeable She's very, she is confident, she is knowledgeable, but she's just so, she speaks so well and like... Eloquently. Yes, eloquently, the that, that's the word. Yeah, she's so like, she's just a fantastic speaker and it's just amazing to me to like read her work, listen to her and just be able to live in a time where I can read her writing. I just think it's really great and I think she is honestly one of the best poets I've ever read. Yeah, I, I I will be reading more of her for sure. Yeah. Um, And this tab is going to stay open so I can, like, casually read the other ones. Yeah. Um, So... If we want to go back into music, I, I think we could look at Romance by Willow Smith because, like, it, it does have some difficult topics, but she's she's kind of, like, pretty straightforward with what she wants to talk about. Okay. And this, and, you I mean, know, what do you personally speaking, you know, and not not necessarily just in your writing, but in um 
and and what you read too. What do you prefer? Like, do you prefer when authors are are blatant and clear cut? Like, let's let, maybe let's focus more on poetry because okay, yeah, you know, or do you prefer when writers are blatant and clear cut? Of like, you know, back to Audre Lorde's of I am a woman and and I like am not white. Or do you prefer where there's more kind of in-depth layers to peel back? Honestly, it kind of depends on my mood and how much I'm wanting to uh, analyze something. Mm -hmm. Because there are some writers, you know, who will add, like, layers and layers of, like, imagery and metaphor. And it doesn't always work, you know. And sometimes it's better to write something and be blunt about your meaning so that it's more accessible to people but I mean honestly I read I read a lot and I've read both types of things and I think it really depends on like the style of the writer themselves and what sort of topics they're trying to get into I myself I, I tend to do a mix of both uh, just, like, I'll use a lot of, like, imagery, and, like, Audre Lorde does, she, like, uses a lot of imagery, and then at the end, she has, like, a blunt statement, and that's sort of, like, something I later incorporated into my own poetry when I was talking mm -hmm. about difficult topics, and I, I think that makes it easier for people to understand mm -hmm. while you're still showing off, like, the beauty of, like, metaphor in your writing as well, but I think, like, so if you if you add too many layers to something, you may lose the original message. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's something that a lot of writers should consider mm -hmm. when they're writing. Because um, you don't want to make it too confusing as to where people are, like, analyzing it so much they either get the message wrong or it's just so much to analyze that, that point, people like, will to be not fair, do it. Whatever you write, someone is bound to get the message wrong. That's true. That's very true. Like, that's definitely not something that you can just... Uh, I mean, I've been in a high down. school English class. I've heard <laughs> some people's thoughts on, oh, like... And people, people get crazy with thoughts, yeah. And they're like, I just really think this represents blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're wrong, but, uh, you know, it's fine. I just really think you're an idiot, but I'm not going to say that. No, no, I'm too we nice. We gotta be nice. Yeah. We gotta be nice. You know. Nice lady like. It's nice beings. that they try. <laughs> okay, so I, I did read a little bit of this, of uh, Willow Smith's romance. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, the second verse, mm -hmm. I love it. Uh, do you want to read it out loud since you like this song, or should I, do you want me to? You go okay. for it, you go for it. With every stab, wound, and exhale, I promised myself that I would never lose my useful fears of grown-up men. I'm scarred with cruel intentions. I thought of another the whole time, who would have never stared at me like that. See, he saw me as a human. This one thinks I'm a slaughterhouse. Um, so that's just her second verse. That's not going into the, uh, the chorus or pre-chorus at all. Um, but that, I really like that. Right. Um, and I think that goes in quite a bit with with how um black women are are fetishized yeah i mean i also um i've been i've been watching so many video essays by like women of color about like these sort of topics on youtube and there was actually one that i watched recently called like the black girl fetish mm -hmm. and like talking about how black women have 
started to be more fetishized by like like non-black people yeah and i i think it's and i think this goes also like we can't discount you know like there are women who fetishize black men as well that's true that's very true um i mean if you go on to explicit websites there is an entire genre for for black men mm-hmm. uh, not for black men but like that feature black men rather yeah. and the other way around too and the other way around as well yeah um and i just i do think it's really interesting how specific races have become fetishized because it's a problem in like with asian yeah asian communities as well yeah and like i think it's weird yeah. um like i understand people will have like preferences but it doesn't like but it is strange it's, it's weird because it doesn't for me it doesn't even go into preferences because i've definitely read about at least you know for example a white woman who fetishizes a black man and will and and is still very racist doesn't want to marry this man doesn't oh, no. want to even yeah. date this man but will um engage in sexual relations with a black man just for the sole fact that she fetishizes yeah you know I, black men and i think that's that's really interesting and and i wonder if that goes into ob- objectifying you I know definitely, different races i definitely think that that could be the case because i I remember seeing a picture, and, like, I can't quote what was Mm -hmm. on this poster that this woman made. But more or less. But more or less, she was essentially saying that if you love to be with black men, that's why you should believe in Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, shouldn't black lives matter yeah, shouldn't black lives have value nevertheless if whether you're or not you're with a, in a relationship with them or not like or engaging in things with them or not like, like everyone's a person their lives matter yeah. like you shouldn't be uh, and to objectify them while making that statement it, it's strange mm-hmm. to me um i definitely think there is an issue with fetishizing people of like specific races i I think it's a really strange phenomenon and i haven't done enough research in it to know like how far back it dates but i think it's pretty interesting um and i mean i i honestly this chair. I will change this chair by the next recording. Do not worry. Um, yeah, I think it is definitely very interesting. Um, and I think that's kind of what, at least that's what I think Willow's going into a little bit with mm-hmm. with yeah. uh, with this this song of, you know, she she's talking about you know, as, as, as women we have fears of of men. Yeah, we do. Like, I mean, that's something like I think not all even, women not, relate yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Not even speaking to color. Do you remember the first time you were catcalled or harassed on the street? Um, I can't remember if this is the first time, uh, but I do remember I was pretty young. I um, I was with one of my friends, mm-hmm. and she, like, lived within walking distance of a Publix. Mm-hmm. So we had, like, gone to the store to, like, get some snacks, you know, and we're on our way back to her house, you know, just carrying, like, a grocery bag each. And, you know, this guy zooms past in like this car and he's got his windows down and he's honking and like whistling at us and it's like the honking that's terrifying and like 
I was like 12. Oh my god. Me and my friend, we were both like 12. And I think we still had like our school uniforms on mm-hmm. or something. And it's like like it was so strange. Like obviously we're in school uniforms, you know that we're children. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's it's really really funky. Um and also like like black girls are so um what's the term? It's the opposite of infantilized. Inf- infantilized? Infantilized. It's the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, they don't get a childhood. Like, black kids often don't get a childhood, but, like, black girls specifically, and I say this because, you know, I babysit um, a family, uh, you know, an, an African-American family, and these girls are all so wonderful, gorgeous, smart, brilliant little girls, but the oldest one is 10. And you mm-hmm. could you would swear she is thirteen or fifteen. Yeah, I mean, just by how she acts, like the like, and I think this is is very much like a people of color thing. And of course, this happens to you know everyone um, who faces some sort of trauma. A trauma, but very much a people of color. At least in my experience, um, girls of color are forced, especially if they're the oldest daughter, they are forced to become the mother. Yeah, it, it, it is expected of them, and I know this goes for all all colors, like all all colors as well. But um, I've seen it mostly with with people with girls of color. They are often rearing their younger siblings. Yeah, um, and especially because you know they have so much, they've already faced so much trauma that they feel like they have to grow up. Yeah, no. in order to to better protect their siblings or to do things and. I've definitely have had friends who have had to do that sort of thing. And, I mean, I've had to help in some ways raise my own younger yeah. sister. So it's – it's there are definitely, like, a lot of factors that go into this. But I, I think it is a really interesting thing to discuss and unpack. And, I mean, obviously, like – I mean, I'm white, you're Hispanic. So, like, you know, we can't wholly talk about – our experiences and compare them to yeah. a black person's and we would probably have to you know we would have to bring a black person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk to them about their experience if that is something that they were open to because i know it can be very difficult to yeah, talk about definitely but it is because it's reliving trauma at that point yeah <clears throat> and like i understand wholly like that some people just don't want to explore that and that's totally fine yeah. like you know, we're not therapists. You don't have to tell us all your drama. <laughs> Honestly. But, um, but yeah, you know, just going back to Willow, I think that's that's kind of what she's she's going into with this. And obviously I haven't heard the whole song, but I did add it to mm-hmm. my liked music and I will be listening to it after this. Oh, she's got a great voice. No, um, I, and she's so she's such a wonderful person. Yeah. I've seen her like uh, her on her mom's red like red table, mm-hmm. red round table or something like that. Um, it's like a Facebook show. Oh. My mom watches, and they talk. They bring in a bunch of different people and talk about all these different kind of things. But um, that's cool. I didn't know that they yeah. did that. Well, that is about more or less all the time we have for today. Okay. And I'm thinking maybe we can go more into depth into this next week, mm-hmm. since this is you know still Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's our podcast. We do what we want. <laughs> you're right. So thank you everyone so much for listening in to the writer's room. Once again, I am Mylena. And I am Emma. And we will see you next week. Have a good night. Bye.